This Business Podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. And, and welcome, everybody. You're, you're in, certainly invited into Two Guys Mastermind as we rock out these ideas and uh, as we share these ideas and rock them out and talk and mastermind and figure stuff out. You guys have the opportunity to get in here and listen, check what we're doing out and apply it to your business and your lives. We talk about a lot of stuff. Bad partnerships. We talk about bad partnerships in, in the book, you know, why your business is failing or could fail. Bad partnerships, man. You've had them before too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, the best advice that I, that I was ever given about going into business is you have to look at it uh, like, a, like a marriage. Yeah. Um, it's a commitment. Um, so that means it takes, it takes work as well. And if you're doing a partnership right, um, then the, you're going to be different. There's going to be some personality differences. Mm-hmm. Because you want an individual that, that compliments you, that's not a mirror of yourself. Um, so absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you one of the best advice I got on it. I, I, you know, I don't mean to in, interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That, go for it. This one came from, um, oh, shoot. I can't remember the guy right now. Uh, but anyway, he says, it was a company that did a lot of partnerships. Mm-hmm. That was their whole big deal. Um, and he said, an M&A company or um, it's a popular company here in Grand Rapids. Oh shoot, uh, I can't think of the name of it now. Um, engineering, Cascade Engineering. Okay. So it was a guy that worked at Cascade Engineering, and. He says, this is the advice that he got. So he was talking to our class of entrepreneurs and he says, the best advice that I can give you guys is to decide how a breakup will go before you get going mm, mm. while you're still happy. Absolutely. How it, it's kind of like doing a prenup, right? Hey, if we don't work out, we agree to go to counseling or we go, whatever it is, right? Absolutely. And I, I it never... It, it, even though, and I've had, I actually learned this after I had a bad partnership on a real estate deal. It was bad. It was bad for me, at least. It was great for him, I think, because, you know, he got a lot of my money. But decide on how a breakup will go while you're still happy. Mm-hmm. Right? Partnership agreement. Yeah. Making sure that you're, Spelling everything out, expectations and everything. Yep. Um, and, you know, and I think you leave wiggle room for change. Mm-hmm. You change, right? We change. I know from being married for a little while, um, you know, this is my second wife, but um, our, it's our second marriage. So we learned some things, obviously, from the first one. 
But the second one, you know, you kind of understand that you're going to change and what you scripted out at first also has to change. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll give you an example just from a personal perspective. When my wife was working a full-time job and I was entrepreneuring, right? The idea was, but the expectation originally was still that she comes home, she cooks and all that kind of stuff. Well, that was unreasonable because what I found was that I was just tiring her out. And then my infinite wisdom, or basically through her saying, I'm tired, is I says, well, what if I did some of the things, the tasks that she would normally do because I have a home office and I have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. At first I resisted it because, you know, we talk about the roles, well, you know, you kind of go, well, that's a little bit of a role reversal. First, you got to make sure you can wash and, and clean and do stuff in a good way. But it made sense for the partnership. It made sense for the partnership. And that becomes, you know, one of the things that you, you adjust, adapt, and change based mm -hmm. on new circumstance. When we both were working full time, you know, it became a different conversation, right? But when I changed, I changed. <laughs> and we did some, and I don't mind it at all. It, it really works for me. And it's, I tell you, John, there is no way I would, she has an outside office, right? And I said, there's no way. I went over there like, and spent I don't know, Mr. Ben, six hours, and I was so tired. Just going, all that stuff. And I got my home office. I crushed the home office. I can wash. I can take a nap. I can do the dishes. I can, you know, clean up. I can go take a run. I can. It's just so many benefits, right? But anyway, so when we start thinking about partnerships, personal, mm -hmm. adjust and adapt. In business, because I tell you, when John and I, you know, decided to come together and do these things. This dude sent me a, and you guys listen to me, he sent me a business agreement. I still, I still haven't opened it up and looked at it for long, but I will. But that's, that's smart business. You want to share with um, uh, our audience, man, one of the experiences that you, that have brought you to this, this, uh, this understanding? Absolutely. I think just like in personal relationships, um, marriages, partnerships, Etc. Uh, one of the biggest hurdles for businesses or is um, finances. And so if you and I go into business together and you spend 50,000, you put $50,000 in and I put $5,000 in mm. that same business, then if we're 50, 50 partners, you're, you're not going to be too happy about that. Mm. And I think mapping out the expectations when it is finance and not just what you're putting into the company, but how you're, you're spending profits, you know, mm -hmm. what, what percent of those profits get reinvested into them, mm -hmm. the business. And my, when a business um, that I owned before we were, we were a cash business, we were a multimillion dollar business and we were cash. When you say cash business, what do you mean? means we we didn't have big debt mm. and uh we what a great business yeah we we it did it didn't start out like that but that's what uh we were we were quite disciplined and and we built it into that mm -hmm. and we sold part of the business to a larger entity mm -hmm. and what they did was 
they used, they leveraged the equity in the business mm. to take out more debt. And as a partner um, of, a, of a business, you have to sign your name to that. Yeah. And if they, if you sold a majority of that, let's say you only own 20% now and they own 80%, you're signing something that you're taking a hundred percent responsibility for, because it doesn't matter when your name's on there, you're still a hundred percent liable and you're leveraging debt that you didn't want because that's the, you ran your business different. So how you run your business how you deal with finances, what are the expectations? These are, these are all things that must be worked out ahead of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I think what happens is individuals, they go into business and they think, hey, we'll talk about that when we start making money. It's too late. Uh-huh. It's too late at that point. Yeah, sure. Spe- especially if you're doing it right and you're getting someone who compliments you instead of someone who's a mirror of you and and they they believe do you know using this money using the resources a little bit different than you hey i i want to 20 25 50 percent of the net profits um i'll i'll reinvest in the business 75 percent we get paid out on a quarterly basis Mm -hmm. uh and and i could say hey 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 no 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 how about for two years we invest a hundred percent back into the business of those mm-hmm. net profits. And th- there would be a, there's a little battle there. Well, it's better to have that negotiated ahead of time. Instead you're of, so happy. Yes, yes. <laughs> because it, you're more likely to come to an agreement be, before any money's made mm-hmm. than you are when you're in the midst of it. So all of a sudden you hit, uh, and, and we experienced this too, uh, one day we're not making money and it seemed like six months later, money was coming in uh, ridic- ridiculous amounts. And it's like, uh, what, what do we do? How do we, how do we uh, resource these? What percent are we going to put back into an emergency account? What yeah. percent are we going to put into uh, um, reinvesting in equipment? What percent are we going to put into an account for bonuses for team members? And I think that it's important as owners, as partners, that mm-hmm. you're talking about this way before it ever happens. I like that. That's good. That's good. that's encouraging me to go over and sign our our uh, agreement. And once I look at it, <clears throat> I know you know from sometimes when you know I've entered into these things. It's it's about if it's too soon. I kind of want to see what the synergy is like. You know is some key things is that person going to show up you know i mean you know what i mean so you don't ask for too much after the first date and i and i yeah. th- i think it varies on that so in a situation where we're doing a podcast like this that that isn't taking initial uh, an initial capital infusement right um then that's okay but you know what if i'm going to throw 50 grand in i yeah. want something to be on paper yeah. Um, because if it's not on paper and I put 50 grand in and you say, Hey, I'm only, or vice versa. Um, you put 50 grand in and I say, Hey, I'm only putting five grand in. And you're like, what the heck? We're 50, 50 partners. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Thank you. <laughs> I put oh, 10 that's funny. and I put 10 times or whatever the amount in what, 
I can't remember the numbers that I use, but anyway, um, you, you don't want to be in that situation and you yeah. don't, and you don't want that to affect business going forward. And so if you have it mapped out already, if you have expectations mapped out, then you, you have a little bit of a plan to, to work by. It doesn't mean that that doesn't change and you can't rene renegotiate things, but at least you have a starting point. Um, I like that. That's good. I think, you know, it, it was a, I'm curious about the, sex, the sweat equity partnership. All right. So let's assume, because <clears throat> I've got, you know, some friends, man, that are just broke, but they're brilliant in certain things. Right. But they just don't handle their money. Right. You know, and I have always been cautious to go into partnership with friends. And I've got some friends that know because that, that money will find a way into their pocket. You know what I mean? So, but brilliance on their side as it relates to something that would benefit the business. Would you, is there a suggestion on that person that's coming in with sweat equity? Yep, absolutely. So now you got the 50, they got five, plus they got this, this, this thing about them. Do I've, you? Yeah, I've brought individuals in at zero capital infusement mm -hmm. because they had so many other um, values, so mm -hmm. many other resources. But within that partnership agreement, you have to outline the expectations of that right, right. because you don't want to put 50 grand into it and you're spending 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week doing this and they put nothing into it and they're only working five hours a week. Right. And then all of a sudden you're pissed off and you're like, hey, why did I go into business with this person? We were friends before. Now we're, now we're not friends. I'm ticked off uh, because they're not they're not doing anything. And you're like, why did I just give away 50% of my company if they're only putting four hours in a week? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, map that out ahead of time, expectation. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important. It is uh, a really weird thing to um, see how a person works, mm -hmm. right? And I remember one partnership I had, the way that person did what they did didn't make a lot of financial sense to me, you know, and it just, it irritated me because I was the money. They were the talent. Mm -hmm. They, the talent got my money. Mm -hmm. Right. And at, after I looked at the deal and after we, you know, got done with it, I started kind of just going around and this was in a real estate thing. And I says, man, this guy is he overbuilt. We didn't have to use, you know, two by sixes. We, we didn't have to use some of the material. They were the, classic overbuilders. You know what I mean? So that increased our costs. And it all comes down to, well, they weren't as experienced as a, how should I put this delicately? Just in case they ever hear this. <laughs> they weren't that experienced. Mm -hmm. So they didn't kind of know what they were doing. So they were using these, these, um, these methods, right? When they didn't have to, and you're kind of going, wait a minute. If you ever built something, you know, you got it, the way you, for example, the way you um, separate your studs, it's a, it's a system. There is a, you know what I mean? There is a distance. A uniform. Yeah. A and they were doing stuff that was non-uniform. Well, and the explanation would be, well, we have more area 
to hang the drywall better, stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, you know, 18, I mean, 18 or 20, you know, 18 inches. I mean, isn't that how it is? It's 18, 20. I, I'm not a builder, but I, I understand exactly. Well, you know, because you built underground stuff. It's like, yeah. why are you putting extra concrete around this? What's, what's happening? Yeah. Certain grades and, and different things. But it's, but it's like this. When you sign a contract and you're being audited as part of that contract every year, and they say you have to have audited financials by a licensed CPA, and you have to use um, general, generally accepted accounting principles mm -hmm. as the baseline for mm -hmm. that audit, um, you have something to work with. So that's outlined in an agreement. Um, if, if you're working on a construction and there's uh, operator qualification um, certification, that are need specific ones for that industry sure. yeah. and those are outlined in the contract ahead of time and it's the same thing that we should be doing with our partnerships and that goes to to show hey you're using the principles um, in whatever the construction guidelines are for the state that you live or whatever it is and and we don't deviate from that and that's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah, I like something Ty Lopez said. I, I, ca I caught one of his uh, videos and he says, he and his partner, he just lets it be known up front what he's gonna contribute. He says, if it has anything to do with marketing, I'm your person. He said, mm -hmm. but if it has anything to do with, and then he laid it out. He says, I'm not, I'm not doing that one minute of it, yep. right? And then he says, when they agree to that, if they agree to, he says, I am the marketing, I'm, I'm going to put in no other part to the running of the business. I'm going to run all the blah, blah, blah. And he says it works for him and his partner. And that's all they do. His partner is always in the spreadsheets. He's always in the, this part of it, making sure. And this guy, all he does is market. And but, it works. And that's exactly what you should do. I had a I took on a partner once, I gave him a percentage and his job was to go in and, and get a customer base overseas. He's traveled the world numerous times. He's worked in um, all over the world. He's lived mm -hmm. in different countries. He's fluent in multiple languages. And so he knows the manufacturing industries and the different things like that. Mm -hmm. And we set up those expectations. Well, he ended up giving like two or three hours a week to it. Mm. which we had already laid out the guidelines. So that partnership ended and he lost his stake in that because he didn't uphold what the partnership said. And you, you have, unfortunately you have to, you have to have safeguards, you know, in, in that because we as business owners, we, we invest a lot of time and energy, sure. money into things. And if we feel that, our other partners aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's uh, it can it can really stifle the the business growth. Yeah, and it it could cause you um, to not just not grow, but to be uh, dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah, and I know we're going to talk a lot about that in the book itself. Um, when I was doing the, the outlining of you know, the part that I'm going to be contributing, it, I had the dysfunctionality, 
right? I had questions of dysfunction. And then what do you do with dysfunction? Can you cure dysfunction? Does dysfunction go away? Do you bring in counselors, all this kind of stuff, right? And it made me think about a partnership that I was wise enough, and I think about this now, not to enter into. I did something that was unusual. I didn't jump in. I says, I tell you what, I will come in and just kind of be there in the business because I was going to buy into a sector of this business, right? I said, mm -hmm. I'll come in and, and work for you, if you will. In other words, because I was trying to learn the business. Um, but you don't have to pay me because I'm going to be deciding. And I discovered, I did not like, this guy would show up. Now, this is the key. And it's bringing off of something you said. He would show up to work every single day at a certain time, right? Eight to whatever. He went into, but it was the kind of business that you didn't need to do that. So I didn't like the way he was working. Mm. You know what I mean? And then the part that I was to do, he expected me to, he said, well, what time are you going to be here? And I, and I was like, well, why do I have to be there? My part is sales, marketing, blah, blah. And I says, but that, that became a problem yep. because you said it earlier. The way I do it is, now that leads me to the question, is it a situation where you say, look, here are the results, not time, because I had figured out some leverageable ways to get results without all that darn time. You know, I, it was the remote, it was years, couple, maybe three or four years ago, I knew how to do stuff remotely. That was the whole reason why I chose... I could be at home. I can be leveraging our sales and marketing part of it. And, and he did not understand this. I mean, I remember once I said, I says, it's like setting traps. I says, in the business that we have or the vision that I have for the business, I, you set traps and you chase one rabbit, mm -hmm. right? If, if, sorry, beet eaters or vegetarians out there, but you chase one rabbit, but you set traps for all the other ones. Because the idea was like, well, you can't chase all these rabbits. Said, no, you don't chase a whole bunch of rabbits. You're not going to catch anything. You set traps for the others. You go in there, and then you chase one. So you can catch. And he did not understand that setting traps perspective. I said, I'm going to be building funnels. I said, we're going to be doing all these different things. We're going to be driving traffic. His style was show up, put in a yo person's effort, and that led to results. So I was like, this is, that's like 1970s way, bro. And, and I think and that, that caused us not to go into. It is results. So if, if you're getting the sales that we set as goals, and that's what you do is you set goals. And when I talk about investment and time, if, if, if there are no results whatsoever, that's what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you know, per, people not doing anything, but if you're getting the results that you aimed for that as partners that you guys aimed for, it doesn't matter if you're working two hours a week, you're getting those results. That, that is what you agreed to. Um, exactly. The and, results, not the time. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's the difference in that. Now you, you have to be specific. You, you're thinking, I think, yeah, you have to, it's, it's almost like you have to set up, a strategic plan and say, Hey, these are our goals. 
And, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're out golfing or boating or, or whatever. Um, if we're hitting these, man, go have fun. Um, but it's a huge one right there. Cause I think people expect you to be like them. Yeah. But if you're not get if they're not getting the results and they're doing those things, well, they're not, they're not a good partner. Right. Right. And I think ours with, with uh, this potential partnership, you know, I decided at the end not to, not to buy into the business. Right. And his valuations were off, you know, just, just different things. When you look into an industry and that's why I took the time and I'm so glad I didn't go into it. Um, is I look into it and I, and I saw that, well, every, all, we're in a red ocean. In other words, it had become so red ocean and he was just making enough to basically pay himself a salary. He didn't have a business. He had a job. And I thought, well, say it again. Self-employed. Yeah. That, and that's what, what it came down to. And that's not have, to suggest that that's bad. It is. It, it's not a business. It's, it's not, not a business. not a business because you, you have ne- it, it has no monetary value aside from you. So you can't sell that business. Right. I, and I, ha- I have a friend who got mad at me for saying that um, because he hadn't set up systems and processes and ways of doing things mm-hmm. where he wasn't the business, okay. where the business, the business could not function without him. He didn't do that. He was the business. He had to be involved in the business right. all week, every week. And if he left, if he left on vacation for two weeks, well, the business was shut down for two weeks. Yeah. And yeah, that that's is how not, this guy was. That is self-employment. Um, a business is something that you can sell. You could pass down to generations. Um, but if, if you are the business, if you run the business and you haven't set it up, well, you, you go and sell that thing. The new person doesn't have a customer base. Right. If you're an insurance agent and you're taking on somebody, well, the reason that that person was their insurance agent or their lawyer, mm-hmm. you, might get, you might get passed to them, but more than likely, there's, you're not going to have the bond with them. So what, you, what they did was this gentleman – or, or a lady who retired passed down her, their book of business or sold you a book of business in which after the first or second time you meet with this person, this, this customer is going to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to find somebody else since, yeah, yeah because yeah. Th- there's no relationship there. And that's, you know, again, we start talking about, if you guys are just jumping in, we're talking about bad partnerships and why businesses fail, why your business could potentially fail, how to protect yourself against that. Um, and we're kind of using some of our own examples, uh, you know, I had, it, it so shocked me that I started playing in my own sandbox. Right. And then, you know, I had to, you know, like in 2019, just, just go all in on partnerships or collaborations. Now I call them collaborations um, to bring myself out of that because I found, you know, even I'm playing in my own sandbox, I'm not getting nearly as much done because I could be leveraging, you know, other people's opportunities and talents and desires and energy. So I had to kind of bring myself out of that. But that thing, man, that shocked me so badly, those two situations um, that I just about gave up on partnerships altogether, you know? And so for you guys out there, I have friends, 
business partners, people that I respect that says there's no way they would partner on anything mm -hmm. because the 52% for divorces personally is worse in partnerships. Yep. And you so think, what do you say to people that say that? Well, think about I'll never get married again. I'll partner again. <laughs> well, I, I think you're losing out. I think, I think you're losing out um, on opportunities that you could take advantage of. I think the important part is setting those expectations. It's like, you don't, you know, ahead of time before you get married, um, what the expectations of the marriage is. Hey, if this, if this person uh, eats out every day and they don't cook, well, you, be, you better be doing the cooking or because don't expect them to just all of a sudden start picking up a frying pan or whatever and start cooking. Right. And, and it's the same thing. Uh, you know, they, if you haven't talked about there's something as small as who sleeps on which side of the bed, I mean, you're in my space. And it's the same thing. Partnerships happen all the time. You partner with the wrong person. They're trying to do marketing. You're doing marketing and you don't do marketing the same ways and you're getting pissed at each other. Right. Right. That's so key. I like that analogy to um, what side of the bed, right? Am I, are you sleep on your right side? Mm -hmm. Or you're, because wherever you're in the bed, if you sleep on the right side, that means you, your back might be turned to somebody. <laughs> you know, can you do it a different way? I think there's negotiation opportunity within that. And I think also setting up an opportunity to say, hey, look, before we break up, we go to counseling. Absolutely. You know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And even good teams do, even good teams go to uh, hire outside agencies to come in and do strategic planning because it's healthy. When, what happens is if you do that internally and you have your internal leadership team do the strategic planning, well, there's a bias already built in. So what you need is you need all of the the people that are connected with that business uh, to the higher degree you need them to be sitting around the table and not have the influence of moving the the planning session strategic planning in their direction you want somebody to mediate that yeah. somebody that that does not have any any buy into the business the only thing that they're there to do is to navigate you know what what are we talking about? What do we think? Where are we going to go? And, and to glean that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so key. That is um, reminding me, I was just looking up um, Ray Dalio, you know, billionaire guy, uh, hedge fund guy, and how he deals with conflict. Um, and he talked about, you know, they have this system where they get around and they, 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 they hammer out their disagreements. But like, to your point, they figure out a way, right? He even says, listen to people who disagree, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I remember reading this one. It says, there's people who disagree, but then there's disagreeable people. Yes. Yeah. I don't like disagreeables. You know what I mean? That no matter what, they just have a, you know, they're just disagreeable, you know? And if, if you can get past um, the disagree, the disagreement, 
you know, because I think there's seeds in there. There's, there's always a seed of, of, of something possible from a disagreement. But the disagreeables, you got to cut it out like cancer, man. You know, well, I really do think that it's, you're just going to run into a problem. And it's the, it, it's the same principle um, as a mentor. A good mentor is going to call you out. They're going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And you want them to call you out because it's in your benefit. That, those are growth opportunities. But disagreeable people, they're just negative individuals that will look for anything. Um, right. but, but you do want disagreements, but you want to handle those in a respectful way. And you want to use those opportunities to grow. Um, you, and, and I think people mix those up. Well, I want somebody who will do everything that I want and agree with me. Well, that's a, yet, a yes person. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Your, your business, you are going to be the rubber band that cuts off the circulation of your business because nobody's going to be challenged you. You're not going to have perspectives. I like that. Don't uh, be the rubber band that, yeah. say that again, it chokes off the, say that again. I like that. I, I don't know. It just came up. <laughs> you are going to be the rubber band that chokes off the circulation of your business. Circulation of the business. Uh, you, you're going to restrict the flow. Um, you want individuals that say, hey, you know what? Have you thought about this? I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with the direction you're going. And you want to be open to that. And you should invite that. Um, you should invite that from your customers as well. Uh, if, you, if you throw a product out there, you, you want your customers to give you feedback. And not just positive feedback. Um, and it's the same thing in a good partnership. It's the same thing in a good marriage. I think about it, uh, you know, my wife, if... How, how long have you been married? 11 years. Uh, um, but my wife, she'll, she'll call me out when I'm eating junk food. Uh, I love M&Ms. I could eat a whole bag of family-sized peanut M&Ms. That is uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, she'll call me out. And... That is because I need to, it's in my best interest that she called me out. I mean, diabetes runs in my family. I was telling you about mm-hmm. my grandmother earlier. Um, and several of my family members have diabetes. Um, and so it's in her, it's in my interest for her to, to say, John, you shouldn't, you, sh- you know, you like need to slow down. And you want that from a business partner. That, that really helps me, man, make a, a, a segue into a, a, you know, how it gets personal, right? And, we, and guys, if you're just jumping in um, and you're hearing the two guys, master, two business guys mastermind, this is one of the values, not only business, but personal, right? So when you have that person, like you say, your wife tells you, mm-hmm. there's the gentle way and then there's the not so gentle way. Right. And you got to be respectful and mindful of how you're telling somebody if you want to get results. Now, we know that these people are grown and they can do what they want. You can say, don't do that. You need to exercise. If you say it in a bad way, you could cause them to go, I'm not doing anything. Right. And, and, and one of the things I like to say to my wife is, hey, listen, don't bring it in the house. I have no willpower. You, yours with the, uh, the M&M's. But when, when it, you bring in some apple pie up in here, it's, it's, it's just over, man. My you wife know? makes great pies. Uh, it, it's just over. But now here is what I believe. 
becomes, if somebody's listening in again, here becomes how you now segue out of a bad partnership and or um, uh, make what's happening before it turns bad. So instead of getting all you know, upset, I say two things. Don't bring it in the house. Then I don't have to exercise the willpower, right? Because we know that willpower takes up energy. And I says, um, not only that, don't bring it in the house. I says, but if you find me doing that, hmm. then make the suggestion of what we do next. Yes. So if you're going to do that, John, these M&Ms, I need us to walk five miles. And you got to make it a punishment, don't you? It's like, well, I don't want to walk five miles, so maybe I'll be able to put these M&Ms down. Or you eat them and you walk. And I think the other thing is um, we've learned that the, the way we did things in the 1950s didn't work. You know, the, the, the structure, we, we know that everybody's different. And we have to be in tune to emotional intelligence mm, and who we're speaking good. to. It's... It's, and it's based on how you respond. My kids, I have three kids. My kids are all different. Mm -hmm. They, different personalities. I have, when, when I'm explaining something or when I'm correcting them, I have to do it in different ways. Mm. Um, because some of them will take it personally. Um, some of them, that's the only way, you know, the only way that they... They get it. And so we have to look at it like that is your, your partner as an individual, you have to understand, you have to be in tune to their personality and how they perceive things that you, it's, we know where to push people's buttons. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever done that? You know, you get ticked off about something and mm -hmm. you push your spouse's button. If I just say this, it's on. This way, <laughs> you know, you tweak some, there's some little nuance and uh, you know how to do that. You should be in tune to your partner that much where you, you understand their personality and you are not, um, you're not taking the opportunity to, to you know, speak into them in a way that they're gonna perceive as offensive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's key. And everyone's gonna be different on how you speak to them based on personality. Yeah, that's good. And, and that's how, when you talk about the failure of a business and the partnership, you said something earlier. It's like, you know, you kind of have an idea of that person's tendencies. And I, I, another one, Ty Lopez has this, he has this, uh, there's some kind of quiz or whatever that he gives to all the people he's getting ready to go into business, uh, a partnership with. And I, I can't remember where it is. I'll have to look it up. But it's some kind of quiz that kind of gives you a very, it's not, no, he says, it's not like a Myers-Briggs, like it's a different one that really tells you what you're getting ready to get. I'm going to find it and I'll share it with uh, our audience. We'll put it on, our, on the website and stuff like that as a resource. And we, but, we did that when we had our team of 50. Uh, what kind of, what so, system did you use? So we use DISC. Oh, DISC. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of DISC. We did the personality part, and then we did a um, values test, a separate values test. Um, you know, does this person value um, me to speak encouragement into them over, monet you know, a monetary mm -hmm. um, compensation, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a bonus? And some people are like, no, give me the check. I don't care. <laughs> give me my money. And just knowing 
um, where the personalities are. And the people that were in the offices, I mean, we did this with all of our team members, but the people in the offices, we actually posted their personalities uh, next to their door when you walk mm -hmm. up to their office. Mm -hmm. So interesting. understood that person, you know, uh, this person is very analytical. And so you're going to have to go into great detail. And if you're vague, um, then this person is, is going to, you know, have a whole bunch of questions and, and uh, they're not going to be satisfied or this person, Hey, they're a high D. Um, they, they don't want details at all. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. be blunt and go and do it. Um, that's, that's an interesting way to, to approach things, isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, we found, and we would always preference it is, hey, these aren't absolutes, but this is a baseline. Uh -huh. um, you still have to get to know your team members. You have to, um, you have to understand them to a deeper level. But this is just a, a baseline. So you walk in and you, you reframe yourself because me as my personality, as um, a high a DI, is uh, gonna be much different if I'm running into a, um, someone who's a creative or someone who's um, very, very um, I analytical. Remember, I gotta yeah. remember what each one of those means. Let me see here, let me see what that means. A high, a high uh, DI. Right. I can't remember what mine was because I did uh, the one that Chris does. Chris um, writing. Mm -hmm. uh, high DI disc. But mine was in some kind of, you know, high D and D and I disc personalities. Here it is. So, um, so, it, so would you then agree, um, suggest that before you're doing a partnership that you even maybe do one of these, some kind of test that let, allows you to see who's what you're getting ready to deal with. Is that a suggestion we, of yours? Absolutely. We, before we hired anybody, this was part of the pre-employment process for us because you also, I mean, you're a team. Was your dominance and influence? Is that it? Yep. And you're a team. And if you have all D's on your team, your team is going to be very disappointed functional <laughs> and if you have all eyes on your team your team is going to be in the same way uh, you'll never get any sales done if everybody's a, a C um, uh, that's the, interesting he is to have balance and complement your team so absolutely you you should have you should do some type of investigation or or know the partner intimately in a way that you know their personality and their values as well. Um, a values test is, is key as well because like you don't you don't want somebody who has, um, as they say, unequally yoked. You know, they, hey, they they don't care about um, social entrepreneurship. And here, you you know, you started business and you want to give twenty percent of your net profits to charity. And they're like, heck, what do you mean? That's twenty percent um, extra that I could be having in my pocket. Uh, yeah. So you want to make sure that that you understand the personality and the nuance the value that this partnership is going to have that, that's funny you say that i was just looking up um the b corporation approach right mm -hmm. 
And um, the B Corp is a whole different kind of entity, yep. right? And now imagine if you go into an environment with a partnership who, who believes heavily in that style, right? Uh, what is it used for any property? Uh, meeting high standards, transparency. So it's like C Corp, LLC, B Corp. Yep. Right. We can use that across any segment and says, okay, what's your value? Mm-hmm. What, what do you What do you value? And that person says, oh, I like to give back, and you know, look, other things you could be doing <laughs> with that money than to be giving it back. Let's. Let's, let's get rich and then let's give richly. That's kind of how I look at things sometimes. Let's, let's give richly, but let's make sure that we're bringing things into the core before we start giving it away. Um, but I'm a very philanthropic person after the fact. You know what I mean? I want to be able to, for you know, 2020, tithe $100,000. Mm-hmm. That is that is what is driving me. I says I want to tithe, that, whether it's to a church or organization, well, that means I got to make a lot of money, right? I decided to go that ar- approach versus saying, I want to make this amount and taking a different way. No, I want to give this amount because I found that to be the case. I'm a giving person, mm-hmm. right? So with a partner that believes, and I got some friends, man, that again, I won't go into business with simply because of the way their burn rates are too high. They live right on the edge you'll always be feast or famine. And that's not the way I like to do things, man. You know, I like to do a little bit of farming. I like to plant, you know? And so when you have that two type of personalities, would you say that the farmer and the hunter cannot exist if we use that analogy? I think you have to set clear expectations. You don't, if, if you're a person who loves to, cultivate relationships and and you're going to thrive on repeat customers you don't want to tick them off and only care about getting the sale the immediate sale i mean some people they just want the sale now you know sale after sale different but if you're the person hey i i want this person to be a customer for the next 20 years you're you're going to go about that two different ways i don't i don't you know the person who, who just wants to make a sale, make a sale, make a sale, make a sale, and doesn't care about repeat customers, mm-hmm. isn't going to have the customer service um, as a person who, who cultivates those relationships that, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this customer to lunch or, you know, I'm going to send them a gift for their kid's graduation or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... Uh, an insurance gentleman that I, that I work with uh, for my business. He's a broker. And yesterday was my birthday. And uh, he, first thing in the morning I got was a text message from him. You know, happy birthday. It, it, it's the small things mm. that somebody who wants to cultivate those relationships that they do. It's like a, it's the same thing. If you're a, if you're a great, and you like to have, um, team members on your team and you, you own a company or you're a manager and you, you don't like attrition. You don't care if you have a high turnover rate. It's the, you, you take the time to write the hundred uh, or thousand cards to your employees. Thank you notes or whatever it is. You'll mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. that time. That's important to you. But you know, if people are a number, 
that's not a value to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't care if they stay or if they go, you just replace them. Then, so you want to know that ahead of time. And it doesn't mean they can't exist, but you want to set expectations. Mm. And I think that's the key. If you're on polar opposites, I think that would be a, a, an issue. There, big red flag, yeah. Big red flag. Mm-hmm. But you could be, I mean, there could be some dif- differentiation in there. You, you know, you may say tithe and that means 10% and your partner say, well, I like that, but can we, can we do 5% and maybe, maybe after we see how that goes for two years, we'll do 10%. Yeah, sure. That's negotiation. Yeah. That type of negotiation, but you don't want someone who is drastically different than you that has drastically different um, values. Yeah. That's, that's uh that's some good stuff for, for our audience to be listening to as you guys are out there building your businesses and you're thinking about bringing on a partnership. Now that partnership of course also means who you're living in the house with before you do that thing mm-hmm. and have some agreements, you know, if we go into business together and we divorce, you know, how do we run things? I really liked how the rock, he and his first wife, they are in business together and she is responsible for creating the personality, but they're no longer married. They've got other kids and other relationships, right? From understanding how that works and she does, she manages them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's worked. It's really where I love another one that um, um, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore, right. Now he's married and he quarantined with Demi and his kids. Hmm. I, I I can't speak to that, but we that that's what they that's what that's how they ran their deal, man. And they have been good partners outside of the marriage. What appears to be a good partnership, right? So and that it, it can work. It depends on the individuals. Now I've had I've had contracts, partnerships with individuals um, where we've had businesses together that had uh, stipulations in there where, hey, if you get divorced, Mm -hmm. then you're able to get bought out. Right, sure, yeah, yeah. You don't want to take the chance that- Going to partner with your leftover. Your spouse owns, you know, half of your percentage, whatever percentage it is you own. Or if you you pass away, you know, that's an immediate buyout that your spouse doesn't get to your percentage and get to run that part of the business. That's interesting. You could have those and we've had those in in ours. We've also had morality clauses clauses too. Mm. You do something unethical. um, You do something in the community that um, is unethical or illegal, then you could get just you're bought out, bought out, bought out, or at a discounted rate too, um, at a at a at a um, penalty. So those are the types of things you want to look at um, as well. I like that. That's good. Hey, so as we wrap this up, man, is there one thing that on the bad partnership and how it can affect and how it is, you know, helping businesses fail? I say help businesses fail. 
what one thing would you like to leave with uh, with folks? Sure. So I'm a, I like statistics. There are 31 million businesses in the United States. There, there are just under 900,000 businesses in the state of Michigan alone. Well, probably this year, maybe more because of what we're going through with the economy, 400,000 of those businesses will close. Um, and another 400,000 will open as well. And it just recycles it. So the failure rate of business is high. And that's why the types of things that we're doing, Randy, is so important. Mm. Um, and so with that in mind, with the failure rate being so high um, for a business, uh, it's, it, it's a very small percentage that lasts 10 years, very, very small percentage. And so you, you know going into that, that if I'm going to do a partnership, I'm going to make sure that these expectations are built out because already going into it, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a huge hill to climb. And so you don't want one other thing that, you know, could be a roadblock for you. I like that. Yeah, I, I can't even add anything extra. It's just other than just saying know how you're going to break up while you're still happy. I, that, that advice that the guy says is while you're happy, figure out how, you know, you, how the breakup would go while you're still happy. Get that down as opposed to the other way. Right. So, Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on this one, you know, wraps up our, our, uh, our, I think you, you guys had a chance to listen in and get three different um, chapters over this, this course of this weekend. We'd like to record on the weekend so we can, you know, make it happen. And we put it in today. We hope you guys have a chance to listen to this and get some value. And we'll talk to you on the next cast. Thank you.